This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. From the Alex Trebek stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy! Hello and welcome back to Inside Jeopardy, an exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy. I'm Sarah Foss and I'm joined today by summer solstice Buzzy Cohen, looking freshly tanned if Thank I might. It finally is sunny here in Southern California. I know. But I'm trying to introduce myself as future Wheel of Fortune host Buzzy Cohen. Oh. Am I getting ahead of myself? Yes, I A am. It's never going to happen, but we have not yet discussed... Big news here on the Sony lot and our Breezeway neighbor. Yes, our sister show, Wheel of Fortune, we now know. After season 41 of Wheel of Fortune, Pat Sajak is going to step down as host. He will be staying on as a consultant for three years on the show. And, you know, the buzz is buzzing. It's buzzing. Everyone is putting in their two cents. It's like I'm having a flashback. Everyone's got an opinion. Yes, we have been through this before (laughs) at Jeopardy. You know, the standouts that I have seen. Yep. Ryan Seacrest. Definitely a front runner. Ken Jennings went on The View the day that Pat announced that he Mm -hmm. was going to be stepping down. And Whoopi Goldberg said, I want the job. Okay, Whoopi. Whoopi, she says that sounds like fun. So Whoopi's up there. People are talking about Pat's daughter, Maggie Sajak. Right, she's been involved in the show. Has been a social correspondent for the show for a few years. Vanna White, who... Right, nobody knows the show better. Has filled in for Pat before, said it was a terrifying experience, (laughs) but did step in when needed. And also Stephen Smith. Yes. NBA analyst. Yes, who I know from the meme that nobody else who works on this pod knows, where he's kind of drinking the water and getting excited. Someone out there, please respond so that the people who are staring blankly at me right now will know that I'm not, in fact, a crazy person. Was it the meme, I want to throw my hat in the ring? Because that's what he said. That's what he said? Yeah. I love that. I love that. No, it was was a different meme. Actually, he said, I want to throw my name in the hat. Throw his name in the hat. Not my hat in the ring. Okay. Yes, I want to be accurate. When quoting Stephen Smith. Well, um, whatever is happening, we're going to watch this closely. We are not your uh, source for information on all things Wheel of Fortune, but we're fans of the show. As I mentioned in episode one or two of This is Jeopardy. It seems like so long ago. (laughs) We're on like episode 10 or 11 now. Uh, Jeopardy exists because of Wheel of Fortune. King World wanted to syndicate Wheel, and they're like, oh, we need another show to go with it. And Merv said... I've got this other show that's great. Let's bring back yes, Jeopardy. So, Jeopardy. you know, Wheel and Jeopardy, I know obviously they're back to back in every market, but they have a history that's intertwined together. Excited to see. And I want to just, uh, you know, give a congratulations to Pat on 40, uh, you know, it's an incredible career. Yeah. And we share a lot. We share a yeah. crew. We share a control room. Our stages are right next door to each other. You know, we're busy working with the producers over at Wheel right now to kind of plan out our season because we cannot tape the show on the same day because we share a control room. So it's an interesting um, Tetris puzzle of a calendar to lay out season 40 for us and season 41 for Wheel. But again, we're in this together. And as you mentioned, we have been through this before. So (laughs) any support you need, Wheel, we're here for you. But really excited that it's going to be, you know, Pat 
I have heard he wants it to be a smooth transition. He wants to be able to pass the torch. And so I think we're going to hear things in the coming months and um, excited to see, you know, the next generation of Wheel of Fortune. Hard to imagine it without Pat, but with names like the ones we just mentioned, I think And Buzzy Cohen. And Buzzy Cohen. (laughs) I think Wheel (laughs) is in good hands. You know, my wife and I always joke about how I could sit there and run through a game of Jeopardy and Wheel, I will look at that puzzle. And I, I do crosswords. I will be stumped. I will be stumped by Will of Fortune, and I'm not too proud a man to say that. But anyway, let's get back to Jeopardy, because that is what we're here to discuss. Sarah, you came across something interesting, didn't you? Yes, I ran across uh, an obituary for Burns Cameron, hmm, 84 years old. Well, you know, he's kind of known in the Art Fleming era as okay. the best player of that era. Okay. He was a five-day champion. He won the TOC. And he has an interesting connection to Ken Jennings. And I read that Ken used to use the name Burns Cameron as an alias in the height of his run. So I checked in with Ken. He's like, well, he used it one time. And that was for the ultimate tournament of champions. Okay, yes. The producers of the show asked all of the UTOC finalists to use different names because we didn't want to reveal right. who the finalists were. So Ken chose that name as, you know, an all-time Jeopardy great, but maybe not a name that would be necessarily right. easily recognizable. Right. Then Ken goes on to tell me that the problem was they were at the Beverly Hilton. They were all staying there. He lost his key. And then no one would give him a new key because his ID did not say Burns Cameron. So there's a version of this story where like Burns Cameron gets woken up in the middle of the night by a phone call from Harry Friedman. Yes. Burns, it's Harry from Jeopardy. We need you to come over to the Beverly Hills Hilton to get Ken Jennings a key. And Burns is just like, I'm on the case. Yeah. So apparently Burns even competed in Celebrity Jeopardy with Mel Brooks. He is one of the... The early on Jeopardy greats uh, passing away at the age of 84. Burns, what a legacy. Before we get started into the meat and potatoes of this pod, I want to thank our listeners for sending in your feedback, your suggestions. You know, we've enjoyed reading through the thoughts. We're taking them into consideration. No comment is off limits. I'm going to say one comment is off limits, which is somebody asked us to change the name of our podcast producer because it sets off all of the Alexa devices in their Uh, house. But you know what? I asked Alexa and and Alexa is okay with us now calling her Siri. So now we are going to say podcast producer Siri. I'm sure that will solve this problem. So not many. off limits but that one is but please keep sending them in you know we're we're wrapping up the first official season of inside jeopardy we want to make sure that season two is filled with all of the content that our listeners want one thing we know you love on the pod insightful interviews and we're going to have some really cool conversations with some of jeopardy's best heading your way over the next few weeks so stay tuned for those but right now It's time to discuss the highlights from last week's games. Cue the beep boops. We hear from so many interesting people on this podcast about their love for learning. What if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? You can with Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best for just $10 a month. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. 
confidently navigate the media with the influential intellectual Noam Chomsky. Use science to solve your problems with Bill Nye. Or learn from the past with Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. I personally enjoyed James Clear's class that is helping me build smarter habits to help tackle daily challenges. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Jeopardy. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Jeopardy. Masterclass.com slash Jeopardy. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. We kicked off the week with returning champion Ben Goldstein going for his second win up against Mary-Kate Gleet and Jonathan Belford. Ben got off to a good start, and despite missing the daily double, he finished the Jeopardy round in the lead, slowly building on that lead in double Jeopardy, ending that round with a score of $10,000, enough to give him a runaway win. Yeah, you know, Ben's first game, not a super decisive win. This may be statistically not so strong, but a runaway is a runaway, and that is strong. And sometimes, you know, you rise to the challenge of your opponents. In a Monday game, maybe no one's catching their stride, but uh, Ben certainly, certainly uh, looked a little stronger in this second game. Yeah, I saw a lot of commentary about the difficulty of Mm. the boards in this game, particularly let's make a movie crossover and first speeches in Shakespeare. Yes, difficult. (laughs) People were also commenting, oh, it's because the writers are on strike. No, No. everyone. We finished all of season 39 with material written completely by our union WGA writers. And sometimes game boards seem more difficult based on the contestants. Sometimes a category maybe doesn't play as well as expected, but it really is about the combination of the three people on that stage in that show and their wealth of knowledge. And you really could play those same boards on a different day and have a different result. Absolutely. Ben returned on Tuesday, hoping for a third win facing Tim Blanchard and Janie Sullivan. It was a tight competition between Ben and Janie throughout both the Jeopardy and Double Jeopardy rounds, with Janie entering final in the lead, but just by $700. Unfortunately, Tim was in the negative and not able to make it to final. In that final round, Janie and Ben were both unable to come up with the correct response, but Janie wagered nearly everything, so Ben sneaks in to secure that third win. Yeah, again, not a super decisive score, but getting the W where he needs it. In a way, I'm not that different from Ben Goldstein. Not super decisive wins, a couple of unearned runaways, uh, and really turned it on in my prep for the TOC, so I wouldn't count Ben out. One thing I want to point out, we had two careers we've never featured before. Yes. So Tim, a cryptocurrency and angel investor, and then we had Janie Sullivan, a scrum master. You know, I saw a stand-up comedian recently said, there's just too many words out there. And yeah. I feel like today on Jeopardy, this day, Tuesday, uh, too many words. Do you know what a scrum master is? I know scrum master like in the context of 
rugby, maybe. Yes, and from that... Now there are professional scrum masters, and they are professionals who lead a team using agile project management through the course of a project. Interesting. See the little crossover I'm from say rugby? I'm still too many words. Okay, still too many <laughs> words. But I always love that after 39 seasons, yes. we can still come up with new careers here on Jeopardy. You know, you said you and Ben are not that different, both great fashion sense, but did you ever have an Alex Trebek pin? Because in this show, Ben sported one. The contestant team does actually come to me with any pins that contestants want to wear before a taping because we have to make sure that it's not controversial in any way. And when I well, was shown this pin, I was so excited. An Alex Trebek pin with a mustache. Well, I was going to say, this is sort of controversial because it's mustache, Alex. That's is, the controversy. It is. But, you know, there are people who feel very strongly about the mustache. Yeah. and. Apparently, there's a lot of them because this pin is now sold out. I don't know if you saw, but Ben went on Twitter to explain his final Jeopardy wager. And he said, right before my appearance, I spoke with Keith Williams, who was the 2003 college tournament champ and used to run the final wager. I also have visited, no Keith Williams. And his advice to me was, wager as if your opponents will get it wrong. And that rule has served me pretty well so far. A come from behind win, proof of that as we head into Wednesday's show. That's right. Heading on to Wednesday, Ben facing off against Nabila Rahman and Lee Papa. Ben started off strong in the Jeopardy round, taking a good lead, heading into double, where he continued to build on his score. Nabila and Lee did their best to stay in contention, but in the end of the round, Ben had secured another runaway. Doesn't have to worry about wagering heading into final. It's come from behind. It's runaway. What is going on? Ben. Like, give me something to hold on to here. It's a, such an emotional roller coaster watching these games. But this was the summer solstice game. Very important. Obviously, we have more sunlight than any other day of the year. <laughs> I'm at Stonehenge, but I want to talk about the daily double. Yes alliteration for 1200 in 2022 getting a chance to see taylor swift in concert was the definition of this challenging phrase what is a tough ticket yeah and you and i know about this we're living it you know i've got a daughter named taylor a 10 year old named taylor (laughs) i mean mom you gotta get me these tickets we are living it i think we're going i don't know but I enjoyed that clue, and I did get that Daily Double right. Yes, we were going both of my children ages, nine and four, big Taylor. We're just Taylor fans in the whole yeah. the whole house is Taylor fans. Cross I'm, family, I'm, Taylor fans. I'm yeah. a fan. My four-year-old was planning to go to the show on this tough ticket that we, we were able to wrangle. Scored. We scored. And, I mean, we didn't score. We paid through the nose for it. Yeah, but anyway, that's uh, winning. <laughs> um, and, uh, but then saw a video, and the four-year-old, heard the level of screaming going on and said, I want a babysitter. She <gasps> doesn't want to go. go. It's too scary for her. So, What about the headphones? Know. We talked about it. I, th- I think it's the, e- the energy of it is going to be too much for her. I don't think it's just the noise. But how sweet is that? That like I want a babysitter. I want a babysitter. Well, you know, Taylor did announce the international tour dates. So maybe when your younger one is five next summer, yes. take her to London. Yes. I mean, you know, that's going to be another tough ticket. But yep. nothing's too good for your kids, Buzzy. Another category and clue that hits close to home, shoegazing. The Stan Smith collection of tennis shoes is from this company founded in Bavaria. The correct response, what is Adidas? I don't know if you've ever looked at Michael Davies. He's a Stan Smith guy. He is a... 
I was going to say at Michael Davies' feet, but that felt weird. And then I was going to say his... <laughs> Only his, when I need a little extra cash. His covered, fe- <laughs> his covered feet, and that felt weird. But yes, Michael Davies, I have never seen the man wear anything other than a Stan Smith yeah. shoe, even to the Emmys last year, dressed to the nines. Interesting. With Stan Smith. I could Emmys. see him having a whole closet of just the same Stan Smith, like he mint does. condition. And, yeah. He yep. does. Yep. And they all look perfectly white. But, you know, you got to have comfort if you're going to run... A show like Jeopardy. you got to be able to... unlike you, Nabila actually pronounced the name of the company correctly. You said Adidas. It's Adidas, <laughs> named after Adidas. Unlike me. Unlike you. Nabila I mean, Sarah, it's very rare that I get right. to correct your pronunciation. You got to spend weeks correcting my pronunciation. That's true. Let's not forget animals. He wanted it. He wanted it. Let's be <laughs> honest. This is what he was practicing for his guest host run, and he did want all the help that I offered so generously. <laughs> All right, on Thursday, Ben went for the TOC qualifying fifth win up against Dan Muse and Andrea Rednick-Granados. All three players had a strong showing in the Jeopardy round. Without finding either of the daily doubles, both Ben and Dan managed to build strong scores in double Jeopardy, but Ben ended the round with the lead. In final, Dan opted for the $0 wager from Mm. second place, but Ben decided on an unconventional low wager from first place, That really ended up paying off for him. He was unable to come up with the correct response, giving him a win by $5 at a spot in the TOC. Yeah, this is an interesting final Jeopardy wagering situation. I get where Dan is coming from. Dan's in that mindset where I am in second place. Ben's going to bet to cover because we're close. And then with a $0 wager, I insure my spot. You know, you don't want to bet, let's say, enough to cover where Ben is right now because then you give possibly uh, Andrea a chance to come from behind. Let's say Andrea Mm -hmm. bets everything. They're at 9,000. You're 3,200 wager. All of a sudden, you're in third place, right, or last place or second place or whatever. You're not winning. Um, So Dan, I think, did a, a very savvy wager with the zero. Ben's wager, again, where this this man's mind it's like the the amount of work he must have done with Keith Williams is impressive because that is a really I mean look he's looking at how he's doing final jeopardy has not necessarily been his strong suit but again you know he's a candidate for a zero wager but maybe he's trying to say I, I don't know where he got that number but he, I think he just wants to beat thinking Dan maybe he's getting into Dan's head saying Dan's gonna bet zero how do I make sure if I get it wrong <laughs> Dan doesn't win I mean the level of 6D chess going on in Ben Goldstein's head. I'm exhausted thinking about it. Well, he's now our 11th TOC qualifier. Congratulations, Ben. And he comes out of that game with some confidence. Yeah. You know, we're in the post-game chat, and he says, can I address the camera? And Mayim says, sure. And he says, Chris Panulo, I'm coming for you, baby. I'm coming for you. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's. I mean, I mean, I guess we're in the post-James era. Yes. So it's a little. There's a little bit of the throw down the challenge. I feel you know the Randy Macho Man Savage grabbing the grabbing the mic and addressing his opponent. But okay. Well, we're gonna head into Friday. We all know what happened right after he said that. Uh, we closed out the week. <laughs> ben going for a sixth win, facing Donna Matori and Ron Nerwissa. Ben had a small lead after the Jeopardy round, but all three players turned it on in double Jeopardy, correctly responding to ten, nine, and seven clues respectively. Zero incorrects. All three of our contestants end that round with impressive five-digit scores, but Ben was able to take a small lead heading into final. In that round, all three players wagered big, but it was Donna 
who was the only one to come up with the correct response, capping off an exciting come-from-behind win against our five-day champ, Ben Goldstein, who is still coming for Chris Panulo. Still coming for him. But now he's coming for him as a five-day champion. I am just lost in Ben's wagering in final because <laughs> in the previous time, you know, he's he's yeah. wagering small to cover a zero bet. But I guess maybe he's thinking, all right, Ron has is going to go for it now because of where Donna is. I don't know. Ben, what, where, how, what's going on? I need to know, but it's, you know, I think Ben has shown a lot of savvy in the wagering I think he reminds me of me in some ways where like not the highest scores not the strongest play necessarily but pulls out the W's which is you know as important as anything so I think Ben has some time before the TOC I don't think he's playing at a Chris Panulo level right now but he's got some time and he can get there anybody can get there so Ben congratulations I'm looking forward to see what you're working on what your transformation into this TOC becomes well and Donna our new champion a librarian she says I just really pulled that one out of thin air in regards to her final Jeopardy response you've been there You've had that moment where you don't even know that you know something, and it just comes out. A thing of beauty is a joy forever, and that moment is a thing of beauty. And so, Donna, congratulations. That's all you need to know. You just you just need to pull it out of thin air at the right time. That's all that matters. So, Donna, you knew that. Congratulations. What a win. $17,400 richer as she goes into her first post-summer solstice pool party uh, this weekend, enjoying that win, coming back Monday as a champion. Well, we did say goodbye to Ben at the end of the week, but I had a chance to catch up with him on stage right after his streak came to an end. Let's have a listen. Ben Goldstein, five-day champion. How does that sound? Sounds pretty nice. I'm on top of the world right now. You said for you, qualifying for the TOC was a stretch goal. Yeah. But it was back there somewhere, right? It, it was something I always visualized preparing for the show. You know, I, you know, the experience is great, but I didn't come just to compete. I wanted to win some games and then keep playing because it's so much fun to play. So what's it like now knowing you're coming back? You get to play again, and not just play again, but in the Tournament of Champions. Yeah, it means the ride's not over. And even though I was disappointed that I lost that last game, I know I have a ticket back to this stage, and I'm just incredibly psyched and grateful for it. I have to say, you kind of threw it down there at the end of your fifth win. You said, Chris Panulo, I'm coming for you. <laughs> is that how you feel today? Uh, in this moment, maybe less so, you know, Chris, <laughs> don't take it personally. Um, but, but, you know, I really look forward to meeting those other great champions who are already on that leaderboard, and it's going to be a blast. Now, you've earned nearly $50,000. Mm-hmm. What does one do with, you know, five figures from Jeopardy? <laughs> uh, as I said before, probably a down payment on our next home, but we'll, we'll, you know, set aside a little bit to blow on silly stuff. Good. Yeah, you're not quite to basement level right. at 50000 I know you said your son would love a basement, yeah. but hey, TOC Maybe earnings, that's a quarter million, right? Yeah, that's right. What's been the best part of this experience for just you? Just meeting all the contestants and being part of this community. Everybody's been so nice, and uh, you know, I'll be keeping in touch with many of them, I'm sure of it. And what would you say has surprised you the most about being here? Uh, just... The realization that I am good enough to be here, that I can do it. I absolutely had some um, uh, imposter syndrome coming in the first game, thinking, God, everybody's so smart. Do I deserve to be here? That first game really changed my mindset. And, and I came back to the second one thinking, yeah, I, I, could, I could beat anybody in front of me on, on the right board. Every day, coming back as a champion, did you feel more and more comfortable with the buzzer? You know, being in the winner's podium, did that kind of alleviate some of the nerves as you went through? Uh, it did, definitely. And, 
I think coming back the second game, I felt like the buzzer was my advantage, but I went up against some people today that were faster than me. And uh, I know I just can't rely on just that going forward. But yeah, confidence built through my run and um, psyched to do it again. The dreaded signaling device. It lived <laughs> up to its name, you're saying, in this game? It worked for me most of the time. Sometimes people were just faster than me. And you know, you have to uh, pivot when that happens. Well, it's been fun to watch you play and we look forward to seeing you in the TOC. Thank you so much. Thank you for that interview, Sarah. Now it is time for viewer questions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Shannon asks... This question comes from my mom who doesn't listen to podcasts, but gets No judgment. To, no, it's okay. Um, if your mom wants to listen to podcasts, you can do that on our website because I know sometimes people don't have like the Spotify's or the Stitchers or the, I don't know what else, but Jeopardy.com does have a way to listen to this podcast. So if your mom is interested, but just doesn't want to deal with another app, that is a way to go for her. So let me get back to the question. The mom doesn't listen to podcasts, but gets the info from me when I fill her in on all of the interesting things I learned while listening to Inside Jeopardy. She asks, why are some contestants introduced as from location and some are introduced as originally from location? Well, this is a great question from your mom. Basically, we allow our contestants to identify, you know, where they want to be considered that they are from. Many people have a strong connection to their hometown, and mm -hmm. maybe they've moved recently for a job or for school or for different things, but they want to be introduced and recognized for that hometown that they call home even if they have moved. So oftentimes, it's really just up to the contestant where they want to be identified as being from, and uh, we're happy to support that. Yeah, I actually didn't know this was an option when I was a contestant. And so I just said Los Angeles, that's where I live. But I may have chosen originally, you know, because I'm a yes. Jersey guy, really wear that on my sleeve. I may have chosen originally from Jersey. So, yeah, out there, all you hopefuls know that, that you can play that card. Good to know. And we learn another thing about Buzzy Cohen. He was not offered a choice of location, but, mm. you know, I feel like Los Angeles suits you as it well. It suits me, yes. Music producer, music yeah, executive yeah. from Los Angeles, California, Rock Buzzy and roll, Cohen. baby. Sydney asks, I have a question about the legendary Johnny Gilbert. I know as of recently, Johnny records his announcements in post-production, and that is adapted into the broadcast for the show. And of course, if I remember correctly, Sarah Foss is the in-studio announcer, aka fake Johnny Gilbert, or real Sarah Foss for the tapings. Does Johnny sometimes ever still do his announcements live during tapings anymore? If currently not, will he ever do live in-studio taping announcing anytime soon? 
Well, we are always happy to welcome Johnny Gilbert back to the stage anytime he wants to come. Honestly, I think the setup is pretty good at this point. Um, (laughs) Johnny does watch the streaming of the show in his home, so he watches the shows live as they are being recorded. Um, Jimmy McGuire, our stage manager, will often have the audience say hello to Johnny Gilbert because they know he's watching, and everyone will say, hi, Johnny. Uh, We have had him back recently for the Tournament of Champions last year because Mm -hmm. he was also attending the Jeopardy Honors. The invitation is always open to Johnny. I actually just reached out to him when we were doing the final Masters tapings to say, Johnny, we'd love to have you come do live announcement, but he's been having some issues with his knee, and he said, you know, it's a little hard for me. Let me get into the doctor and get this knee figured out. So I definitely want to see Johnny Gilbert back in the studio, but let me tell you, He's got a setup at home. We call him up after the tapings. We get him on the phone. He's got more energy than any of us. And he's telling us, you know, what he thought about the games and his insight on various contestants. And then, you know, we say, okay, Johnny goes, oh, let me warm up my voice. And it just comes out as big and beautiful as ever when he says, this is Jeopardy. I don't know how he does it, but it's so good. That voice is a gift of God, and <laughs> I want to listen to it. I'd listen to Johnny read a phone book, yeah. read a menu at a restaurant. Anything Johnny wants to say to me, I'll listen because that voice it's is It's incredible. Golden. Yeah. No, I mean, Sydney, nobody else wants to go back to work after work from home. Johnny is yeah. hes just one of us. He's just another guy <laughs> like us with a golden voice. Did I ever tell you the story about the time I asked, speaking of Johnny Gilbert's voice, I asked him if he would record my voicemail answer back. Ah, what did he say? He said, well, no, if I do it for you, then I'd have to do it for everyone. And I said, well, could you just do it for like people who have won the tournament of champions? And then he kind of laughed and moved on. I get it. Yeah. Nobody wants to give away their, their talents for free. Jimmy once had him sing happy birthday to me in a video. Wow. So that was pretty legendary. And he probably got sag scale for that. He should. I mean, <laughs> as we know, Johnny Gilbert was uh, a singer as well. I mean, That's he right. Yeah, he started albums, his career. So yeah. to hear that golden voice, not only say this is Jeopardy, but sing Happy Birthday. Yeah, mm, no, that he's was kind really of a highlight of my life. A really special, <laughs> incredible guy. I tell the story because it's very funny, but I really do adore him, his voice, and also he's just a great, a great guy. Like the times I've gotten to meet him, so impressive. You know, we had him at Jeopardy Honors, and uh, just you know, part of Jeopardy history, but part of game show history. I mean, he was the voice of so many announcing so many game shows. And he remains the last original member of our staff. You know, for many years, it was just Johnny and Alex. They were the two that were there from the beginning, season one in syndication. And now it is just Johnny. So... He's a legend. We, we got to protect him at all costs. If yes. That means we're so if he's going to record from home, we are fine with that. But yes, thank you for the question. Johnny, always welcome back on the Alex Trebek stage. And that brings us to the end of today's show. We'll be back next week for more gameplay discussion. As always, subscribe to the podcast, rate us, leave us a comment, share across social, and follow us at Jeopardy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on TikTok. And send us your questions and comments to Inside Jeopardy Podcast at gmail.com. We'll see y'all next week.
Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>